0: I love that little line, that chorus, uh, I am who you say I am. And of course, in that song, he was talking about where God says we are children of God. And so I am who you say I am, a child of God. But if you remember, for those of us that were with us last week, and for the benefit of those who weren't, there's something else that God says that we are. And that is that we are ambassadors of Christ, we have been walking through uh, the Gospel of Mark in this series that we've affectionately called "Remarkable," and in chapter six last week, we were looking at uh, ambassadors of Christ, and that meaning that we're on a special mission representing Jesus Christ here on the earth. Every child of God, everyone who has embraced Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is not only a child of God, but you are now also an ambassador of Christ, a representative of Christ here on the earth. And we saw last week, just a quick recap, that ambassadors of Christ receive power or authority from God to accomplish their mission. We trust God to meet our personal needs as we endeavor to fulfill the mission that he's given us. We preach or talk to people about their need to repent. It's important that people recognize that God does love them, and he demonstrated his love by sending Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross. But as a result of that, we also need to tell them that because of that, we need to repent, which means to turn away from the lifestyle that we're living that's wrong and turn to, to back towards God. And it's important we let people know that, that they need to make that decision. And then lastly, we saw that uh, ambassadors of Christ, they, they helped set people free, that God wants to use us to pray for people, to, to release the people that are bound by different habits and things that hinder them. Uh, God can use us to do these great things. And today, I want to continue on this theme of being ambassadors of Christ uh, by asking all of us now to consider what I have affectionately called five two moments, five Two moments. Say that with me. Five, two moments, and we're going to see what those are. As we turn back to the gospel of Mark chapter 6, we're going to pick up in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place while they could be alone, where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped on the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep. Without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. To the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves. Father, we come before you this morning. I thank you that we are who you say we are. Through the precious sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary, as we believe in him and embrace him as our savior, we now become children of God. And as your children, we also become ambassadors of Christ here on this earth. And now as we begin to look into this chapter and this portion of scripture, I pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help me say what you want me to say, to help us all hear what you want us to hear so that we can all live the way you want us to live. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. All right. So as we've just read in our text for today, the disciples return from their special mission. Remember, they were sent out by Jesus two by two to go and minister. Uh, And as they come back now, Jesus directs them to get away with him to a quiet place so that they could rest. Uh, Jesus recognized, okay, you've done a a lot of ministry. uh, You haven't eaten. Let's go. Let's get away. Let's get some quiet time. And just so that you can get renewed and recharged, so to speak. And so he directed them to get away to a quiet place. But notice that the crowds saw where they were going, and they ran actually ahead of the Lord and the disciples. And so now all of a sudden they get to what might be considered a quiet place, but there's now a huge crowd waiting for them. Jesus has compassion on the crowd, so he begins to teach them. Now the Bible says that it was getting late in the day or in the afternoon. So Jesus must have been teaching them all day now. So late in the afternoon, now the disciples, remember, they hadn't eaten yet. The disciples come to Jesus and said, would you send them away so that they can get something to eat in all of these other places? And Jesus said, no, you feed the people. And they're like, uh, hello, all of these people, remember, the Bible said there were 5,000 men. That's not counting women and children. So there was a huge crowd there, and they're like, we'd have to work months to get, this kind of, to get the kind of money to feed all of these people. So Jesus said, well, well, what have you got? Go and check it out. And they came back, well, we've got five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, all right, give that to me have everybody sit down in groups of 50 and some in groups of 100. And the Bible says he blessed them. And now he gives the food back to the people, to the disciples, and they in turn give it to the people. And as we just read, over 5,000 men and women were served this meal. Everyone ate as much as they wanted. And then there was 12 basketfuls left over, one for each of the disciples. Now, let's make the connection for all of us here today. As ambassadors of Christ, you and I are invariably going to encounter what I've called five-two moments. Now, five-two moments simply mean when we come face-to-face with a need that seems beyond our capacity to meet. That's what a five-two moment is. We come to a situation that we recognize, I personally don't have what it takes to meet this need, such as, let me give you a few uh, thoughts that came to my heart as I was preparing this. A 5-2 moment could be this. You are gathered in your home and all the family are there, cousins, uh, cousins, uh, uncles, aunts, people have gathered uh, for maybe a birthday party or whatever, a celebration, and all of a sudden, somebody who now... Uh, Recognizes, you're a Christian, I hear now. What's going on with you? Now, how many know at that moment, that question is an incredible door that God has opened for you. To share the gospel, to share what he has done in your life. But the problem is, you've never publicly shared what God has done in your life. So now you got not only want, have an opportunity to share, but it's in front of all of your family. And, all of the, and now you're saying, well, I've never even done it to one person. How am I supposed to do it to a room full of people and even a room full of family that sometimes family is the last one to even take you serious about anything? It's the truth. That's why Jesus said a prophet is without honor except in his own hometown." Oh, how about this? You're in a a, a group with some friends, and one of them asks you to pray out loud for their need. Now, hey, I've never prayed out loud. I mean, I hardly pray at all. I mean, I have a few words I can talk to God about, but to pray for a specific need? And then you're like, what do I do, God? I don't want to say no, but what do I do? It's a 5-2 moment where all of a sudden you feel overwhelmed. I, there's a need, but I don't feel I have within myself what it, meet, what it takes to meet that need. Because I never prayed out loud before in my life. A 5-2 moment, you see. They can be intimidating, or 5-2 moments could be the most exciting moment in your life. It all depends on how you and I view 5-2 moments. Are you following me so far? Okay. So let me highlight just a few thoughts that came to my heart that I believe will help us as ambassadors of Christ to successfully navigate through these 5-2 moments. Number one, listen, spend time alone with Jesus. That's number one. Spend time alone with Jesus. Notice that Jesus said, Come away with us, so, with me, so that you can get some quiet time and you can get some rest. Another word that we use for spending alone time with Jesus, uh, you'll hear the word devotional. That just simply means your quiet time alone with Jesus. I believe personally that devotionals should be done first thing in the morning. And here's why. Because as you spend time with the Lord, the Lord will give you strength and and, and minister to you so that you can be prepared for the day that will unfold. You don't know if you're going to encounter a 5-2 moment. And so you don't want to wait until a 5-2 moment to try to get along with God. You want to get along with God early in the morning so that you can be prepared spiritually for the day. Now, it should be a quiet place. Devotionals shouldn't be done on the bus or the subway, because it's not really a quiet place. It shouldn't be done in a place where there are distractions. How many know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when you, get, you know, try to get along with your Bible, there's all kinds of distractions all the time. Do your best. One of the things, the reason why I also abdicate the morning is usually the mornings are quiet, even around you. Uh, People haven't really gotten up and stirred a lot. So it's usually the quietest time in the morning. But I just wanted to lay that out to you as a practical thing that uh, it should be some alone time with the Lord where it's quiet, where you can hear God's still small voice in in a better place, you see. Now, you'll notice that Jesus told the disciples, let's get away to a quiet place. But they never got there, did they? They never got to spend alone time with Jesus because when they got to the place that they thought it would be a quiet place, there was already a huge crowd waiting for them. And because they never spent that quiet time alone with the Lord, I believe it also reflected in their character or more importantly, meaning their attitude. And here's two things that you notice from our text uh, that show you a little bit about their attitude. Number one, they came to the Lord and said, send them away. Send them away. In other words, it wasn't that they didn't see the need. They all recognized it's late, the people haven't eaten. Maybe they realized that because they hadn't eaten. I don't know. But they realized there's a need here. These people are hungry. If I'm hungry, they got to be hungry. So they saw the need. The only problem is they didn't want to spend any time meeting that need. They wanted someone else to meet that need, to deal with it. And then when the Lord comes to them and tells them, okay, no, you give them something to eat, they look at it and say, well, we don't have enough money to meet everybody's need, to feed everybody. In other words, we don't have what it takes, Jesus, to meet this need. It'll require too much. When we, As ambassadors of Christ fail to spend alone time with the Lord Then when we encounter these five two moments We're going to probably have the same attitudes In other words we're going to say I see the need But let somebody else meet that need It's not going to be me I don't want to deal with that That's too overwhelming It's too much Let somebody else handle that Call the pastor. That's his job. He's got to handle that. I mean, you know, there, I'm one person. You can't split me up into 300 pieces and say, I'm going to help be around with you and meet your need. God has called you an ambassador. You represent Christ on the earth. There's going to be moments where you are in conf- confronted with a need that is far beyond your natural ability to meet. At that moment, God doesn't want to hear you say, Send them away, God. Let them go somewhere else. He doesn't want you to say, I don't have what it takes. Let's get it right out in the open. No one has what it takes to do the ministry God calls us to do. You see? But it's natural for us when we don't spend time alone with God that we develop this attitude, God. I don't have what it takes. It will take too much money. It will take too much of my time. It will take too much of my effort. Send them away, God. We will never successfully navigate five two moments if we fail to spend time alone with God. That's why my first thought for all of us in these five two moments is, number one, spend time alone with God with Jesus. Number two is give Jesus what you have. Give Jesus what you have. Listen, the Lord doesn't want what you don't have. He desires for us to give him what we do have. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says this, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He enables us to be ministers of the new covenant. You know the apostle Paul was saying, I want everybody to understand, I don't think I'm qualified to do what God's called me to do, but the one who qualifies me is God. He's the one that enables me to do what he wants me to do. And so uh, another translation says, who is sufficient for these things, the things that God has called us to do? I'm in this 5-2 moment where there's a need here, God. I don't see in and of myself that I have what it takes to meet that need. And, and, And the Bible is teaching us something that no one has what it takes to meet the need. God doesn't call you because you're talented. God calls you because of his grace. That's not about your talent. Listen, it's about your availability. Yeah. Let me say that one more time. It's not about ability, it's about availability. And so we have this 5 2 moment where uh, even the Apostle Paul said, I'm not qualified, but God does the qualification, you see. I think that. All of us in the natural will always shy away from 5-2 moments. What makes it a 5-2 moment is the immediate response in your heart that says, I can't do this. Have you ever been in that place? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been in a place where you're asked or you're presented with a situation and your immediate response in your mind is, I can't do that. Perhaps because I've never done that before. Or I'm not qualified to do that. We've all been in that place. Even the great apostle Paul was in that place. All of us. And it doesn't matter how long you serve the Lord. Let me put it to you this way as well. Because some people think, well, that uh, the longer you're serving God, the, the more qualified you become. Nothing could be further from the truth. Because at every step in your journey, This is a new day for me. I've been serving God, let's say, 10 years, and God's used me in the past to do ministry, but now, today, I'm faced with a new level of ministry, deeper than I've ever had to do before, and all of a sudden, I have to come to the same place that I've come to in the past. I can't do this on my own. Am I going to shy away and say, no, send them away, God, I don't want to do this. Or am I going to say, okay, God, I give what I have to you. All I have is five loaves and two fish. Think about the magnitude of that statement. Over 5,000 people. Let's conservatively say between all the women and the children, let's just say there was 8,000. You have five loaves, and loaves in uh, those days were about that big. So you have five deli rolls and two fish, maybe that size. Okay, it was a good day's catch. Okay, maybe this size. We got 8,000 people. I mean, that's like, you got a little, I got a little taste. I got a little taste. Pass it on. You know, in fact, you can't eat it. Just suck on it and pass it on. <laughs> so overwhelming. There's no way that... What I possess, God could ever use. But Jesus said, give me what you have. So number one, in these five, two moments, spend time alone with Jesus. Number two, give Jesus what you have, all right? Number three, this sounds so simple, but it's so true obey Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, the disciples had to obey in several ways. When Jesus said, well, what do you have? We got five loaves and two fish. Okay, give that to me. They had to obey the Lord and give it to him. What does that mean, Pastor? It means this. Whatever you possess, you give to the Lord. You still have to obey the Lord and say, I surrender. What I have, God, is not much. Remember Peter and John, when they met this man that was uh, uh, crippled and, and, uh, in the, uh, and begging for money in front of the temple, Peter and John said, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give you. And in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And they, Why? Because they knew God had given us the ability, the power, the authority to bring healing to people. See, they didn't have silver or gold, but they gave what they had. God is not asking you to do something that you cannot do on your own, meaning in this way. If you do not possess the ability to hold a note, please don't come up to the worship team and say, I want to make a joyful noise to the Lord (laughs) because God's going to use me. I'm giving what I have to the Lord. Well, what is it that you have? I have a voice. It's loud. I love Jesus. I have a heart. I got all that you need for the worship. Perhaps. If everybody else died, maybe we could use you. (laughs) I'm fooling around. I know. All right. Pastor Carlos crossed the line again. (laughs) What I'm talking about is Giving God what we have is about recognizing if I surrender myself to God every single day, I may not think I'm qualified to pray for anybody. I may mean, not think I'm qualified to talk to anybody. But when that moment comes, here's what I have to give to God, my obedience. If you tell me to speak, Lord, I'm going to open up my mouth. The rest is on you. You got to put words in my mouth, God, but I am going to obey, right? Then the next thing you know, the Lord told them, okay, have everybody sit down. They obey. Imagine over 8,000 people saying, what's going on? I don't know, but the master says, sit down, so sit down. And now they're sitting down, and Jesus blesses the five loaves and two fish, and then he gives it to the disciples. Now go feed the people. Now, what that symbolizes to you and I is that when you surrender to God and walk in obedience, you are still Mm -hmm. going to have to step out in faith at some point in time in these five, two moments. You're still going to have to uh, step out because, listen, it's not enough to spend alone time with God. It's not enough to surrender to God if you and I never come to the place where we step out in faith and do what God wants us to do. You get to where I'm going with that? In other words, God tells me, here's a situation, and, and all of a sudden, my family wants to know, what is this thing that I'm into about Jesus? And this is a moment where I know at that moment, I have to give to God what I, Lord, I want to surrender to you. I know this is a moment that I have an opportunity. I don't know what to say, but God, what I have, I give to you. I give you my mouth, use it for your glory. Now, when when you say that, you can't just say, okay, God, make it happen. That's not going to work. You still have to step out of faith and say, okay, let me begin. Let me tell you about what Jesus has done for me. And all of a sudden, as you take that one step, now God in his faithfulness comes and he ministers to the people. And everybody is fed spiritually in that place, you see. In other words, we will only experience the miracle of God when we step out into these five, two moments. When we walk in obedience, suddenly God will use us in such a way that it will bless the people beyond our wildest expectations. You see... What I'm really simply getting at this morning is five two moments are simply opportunities for you and I to experience God's miraculous provision to meet the need. That's all it is. It's not about you meeting the need. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. But if we position ourselves and surrender and say, God, I am here as your ambassador, Lord. I am here. Use me for your honor and for your glory. Then when that moment comes, you just got to step out in faith and God will do the rest. God will bless and God will minister through you to meet the needs in a dynamic way. Worship team, if you would come, please. And here's the, the great blessing of it all. In the end, everybody had their fill. Everybody was satisfied, meaning you may not see it now, you may not understand it, but some way, somehow, God will use you to bless the people. And you may think, but I really didn't say much of anything. It's not the words that you said as much as it is the spirit and the power behind the words. That you don't possess. God does that. You see, that's why as we step out in obedience and say, I'm, God, I, I've never prayed out loud, but I'm just going to pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, heal. And just that simple prayer, God can do the rest and bring the healing. And then, here's the last blessing all the disciples walked away with a basketful. Why is that in the Bible? Here's what I believe. God was doing. The disciples from the very beginning were hungry, weren't they? They never got a chance to eat, spend time alone with Jesus. And now it's late. They got five loaves and two fish and there's 12 of them and they're starving. Well, maybe they could divide that up. They don't need to share with anybody. But as they surrendered to the Lord, they walked away with a whole basketful for themselves. Listen to me. The greatest blessing that you and I could ever experience outside of receiving Christ as our Savior is stepping out in 5-2 moments. Because you know what happens afterwards? You're walking away like, oh my God, that was awesome, that was awesome, oh my God! And you feel so great. God has just now ministered to you. Because the very fact that he has used you to minister to somebody so fills you up, you've got your own basket full of spiritual food that has come as a result of you stepping out. And that's the experience that God wants for every single one of us that are ambassadors of his on this earth. Stand with me, please. Five two moments. They are moments where God wants to use us to meet a need. A need that in the natural looks so overwhelmingly when compared to what we have to offer that our initial response would tend to be like the disciples. No, God, let somebody else deal with that. I, I, I don't know the first thing about how to handle that, God. I don't have what it takes to do that. But as we spend time alone with the Lord, as we give Him what we have, and as we step out in obedience to Him, His Spirit will do the rest, working in and through us to meet the needs of the people that are around us. Pastor Esther, would you lead us, please?